and welcome to this week's episode of Not D&D, which is brought to you by EN World Live. Uh, so I'm your host, Jessica, as always, and this week we have a returning guest. Uh, we have Jay Dragon from Possum Creek Games here to talk about your Zebra's bed and breakfast. Jay, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. I'm very excited to talk about this game as well because I saw it last year um, uh, back in March when it was on Kickstarter in 2022 and it was one of the most beautiful looking mock-ups for a game I've ever seen. Uh, so that drew me in immediately. So we are going to be talking about Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast uh, today. So if you have any questions and are watching live, please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer them. And if you're listening to the podcast, any links and things we talk about will be in the show notes. Um, so. Jay, before we get into talking about the game and all the details, which we're both excited to do, um, uh, usually I ask about the guests' backgrounds and um, you know your history with role-playing games, but we did that last time you were on the show. Yeah, when so I was here in June. Exactly. So it's been almost a year. So I was thinking instead, could you run us through your gaming uh, kind of tabletop RPG highlights of the last year? Oh, goodness. So um, I think the big thing for me has been like, all about avoiding burnout. Um, so mm -hmm. like, it's very easy, I think, when you first start getting into RPGs to be like, wow, I have this like limitless pit of energy for this thing. Mm -hmm. And you do it for a while and you realize that no, in fact, your pit is quite limited. And by the mm -hmm. time you hit the bottom, it's like too late, right? You're out of juice. And mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well, either you, you know, continue the metaphor, either you go find another well or you find a way to refill it. And so mm -hmm. a lot of what I've been doing has been about treating my excitement and care for RPGs as an active thing that I need mm -hmm. to cultivate. Like it's not yeah. just a thing I can rely on being there. It's a thing I have to mm -hmm. push for. So a lot of just like goofing around with friend style games, like mm -hmm. mega dungeons or like, I don't know, like kind of weird OSRE stuff. I, I had a, an experiment where I ran a dungeon for some friends with no rules. We just kind of like made okay. things up as we went. Um, it was very lethal, surprisingly. Oh, okay. Despite, like, there being no kind of rules around death, people just were like, I think I would die here. And I'm like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. And, um, and you say it's been breakfast, of course. I've been playing it a lot, promoting mm -hmm. a lot. I've had a lot of really incredible. I have, um, because of the way the game is played, where it, it, it mm -hmm. takes on elements of each thing as you go, um, I have a binder that I've been using to play test. And that okay. binder has become like overburdened with like scraps of paper and like little bits and little, little bits and bobs from like playing it mm -hmm. all over the place for the past year. Um, mm -hmm. And there's some great stories there. Amazing. That sounds really good fun. I think that's a really great thing. I think the device about burnout, I think for any creative profession or, or any profession of someone that has like a hobby or a passion and they make it their work, it's so easy to to get burnt out on that because people think, oh, this is the thing I love. I'll, I'll never get sick of doing this. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, you can get that burnout, you know, definitely for you sure. You have to learn, you have to learn how to treat the things you love like, like, like a job you love. And mm -hmm. the problem is when you're your own boss and you're making, you know, stuff mm -hmm. kind of with your friends, um, it's, you know, you're your own boss. You know, you don't have anyone setting expectations on you, but you're your own employee and there's mm -hmm. no OSHA, there's no workplace safety, there's no HR protecting you from mm -hmm. your boss. So <laughs> you work yourself too hard and then you're like, hey, wait, I've um, I, I've been treating, I've been treating, if this is a job, it's not a good job. <laughs> so I need to change the job. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's so true. So I think that's really good to find ways to to kind of do that, especially in this industry, because mm -hmm. I, I see a lot with games. Um, oh, yeah. But I'm going to let us kind of just dive in now. Uh, so to, mm -hmm. to do what we're here to do, Jay, please, mm -hmm. could you give us uh, an intro into Yaziva's Bed and Breakfast? Uh, oh, but before I do that, actually, one thing I said I was going to do is you are here mm. talking today, but you are one of many people Yes. Who made this uh, this game a reality? So um, I wanted to kind let of me let me talk about the game and talk about the people who made it kind of at the same time. Perfect. So I think it's kind of the, the best way to get at it. Mm -hmm. Yusef's Ben Breakfast is a whimsical slice of life tabletop role playing game mm -hmm. using legacy inspired mechanics to build out and iterate upon this kind of interdimensional bed and breakfast. Um, right. You play as specific characters, um, a talking frog or uh, the you know the apocalypse trapped inside of a thirteen year old kid or a robot trying to learn how to be a human, um, mm -hmm. and you have them grow uh, as you kind of play them through these different events. Different people take them on. Mm -hmm. um, the game was created by myself and M. Veselik, who also wrote uh, Wickedness. Um, mm -hmm. It was written in full by the two of us, and then also Mercedes Acosta and Lily Harris, who are both fantastic writers. Mm -hmm. um, it was. There's a large team of artists, more than are on the bottom scroll here, and also more mm -hmm. than I can comfortably list. Um, yeah. But Ruby Lavin, my business partner, Grubby, did all the art direction. She's mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal. Astor Santiago did the concept art. It was kind of, you know, this this huge involved project where we had a lot of hands on deck. Uh, mm -hmm. Avery Alder, who you might know from The Quiet Year or from Monster Hearts, she did a lot of mm -hmm. developmental consultation. And then editing was handled by Dominique Dickey, who also works at Monty Cook Games. And then involved Kazumi Chin, who is a, a friend of mine, also a, a, a professor of Asian American Studies at UC Berkeley, mm -hmm. and uh, LD Lewis, who is incredibly phenomenal. If you are in the in the literary scene at all, uh, LD Lewis is involved in things like FireCon and like has really kind of done a lot of important mm -hmm. stuff there. So a star-studded team, truly, of like yes. ultimately when you add it together, like 30-odd people working on this mm -hmm. thing that in a weird way is it's not like a, it's not, it's, I think it is probably nothing like how a, a corporation ends up with like 30 people working on a thing. It mm -hmm. really, it takes on the quality of like a lot of very passionate weirdos doing just strange things over a long period of time. And that sounds a little bit about what the game is about. This <laughs> is a bunch of passionate yeah. weirdos <laughs> yeah. doing things. So that sounds mm -hmm. perfect with that. Um, so talking about the game and the development, you you mentioned mm -hmm. this started in back in like November 2019. Could mm -hmm. you walk us through the the, the journey of the, the whole thing? Yeah. So um, it, it, so like for context on that, that's like pre-COVID. That's just when Sleep Away, my first project, is coming out, and I have mm -hmm. this this phrase in my head: Yazeba's bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. And I type out a couple of things about it. I think specifically here at Yosei's Bed and Breakfast is always September 15th, um, which is kind of one of the fundamental principles is that always inside mm -hmm. the bed and breakfast, it's September 15th, which mm -hmm. is Gertrude's birthday. Um, and okay. also uh, that there is a sign out front, which says no trespassing, soliciting, romancing, snooping, snitching, unnecessary, small talk, welcome. And then a second smaller sign, which says room for everyone. And I type mm -hmm. those things out and I send them over to my friend M. And I'm like, M, I've got this idea. Um, and we start bouncing things back and forth. And it kind of starts a little bit as like a hack of Lady Blackbird, because that's really the only touchstone we have. Okay. And so I write up a little bit of Lady Blackbird stuff, which is by John Harper. And then <laughs> M has never read or played Lady Blackbird. So she looked at what I wrote up and then started doing things to it that had nothing to do with the original game. And she completely mm -hmm. reinterpreted all the stuff I wrote up. 
And I go, hey, well, that's the stuff you came up with is a lot cooler than what I was what I was going to do with Lady Blackbird. Nice. And so we start going back and forth, and then the pandemic hits, and mm -hmm. M is like, we need to take a little bit of a break from this project. It's really big, and we're both stressed out from the pandemic. And I go, okay, sure. okay, and I write Wander Home. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. You need to take a, need to take a step back and have a break. It's like, okay, I'll I'll create another award-winning game in my. Okay, yes. sure. Um, <laughs> Wonder Home, yes. which we're talking about last mm -hmm. session. So if you, if you're not mm -hmm. sure about Wonder Home, if you go back and listen to that mm -hmm. podcast, you can hear a lot yeah. about that. But yeah, but anyway. And so that that happened, and then Yuzabas kept on trucking. In 2021, we brought a lot more of the team on board, brought the other two writers, and Aster mm -hmm. started doing concept art. In twenty in 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 twenty twenty two, we did the uh, Indiegogo crowdfunding mm -hmm. where we raised uh, three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we've just been, you know, the game was done around that point because I refuse to crowdfund things unless the game is done. I think that's the mm -hmm. recipe for disaster. Um, and so we've just been working on, you know, kind of putting it all together into one big book, getting all the layout set, getting all the editing done. And it's off to the printers in a couple of days. And from there, it'll be it'll be real. Um, but right now, you know, you can get the PDF. Amazing. Yes, I think the PDF's been out for the last kind of month or two. Um, but the physical book is going to be so stunning and gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Could you? There's so much going on with the the physicality of this game. Could you just, mm -hmm. could you brag about that a little bit so I can listen, oh, please? Oh, of course. Absolutely. So... Um, we're working on a, on a, so like the thing about You Save Us Bed and Breakfast is that it, it's eclectic. It has a way of, of gathering materials around it. Um, the base game, you know, there's the hardcover, there's an envelope of stickers, there's the forbidden envelope, which one must only open when the game tells you to, or else okay. uh, you will incur a terrible curse. Um, and, and then, you know, there's like surprise in the hardcover, right? The image you have up right now is the, uh, is gonna is the is the mock-up for the embossed gold kind of thing underneath the dust jacket, Ooh, which like okay. going for that very kind of like classic book look where it's like you've got the the art, you know, the the colorful dust jacket and then the kind of muted book mm -hmm. underneath. Um and then the box set, um, we've designed to look like a a, a set of books that'll sit on your shelf. And so there's Yusebus Bed and Breakfast is the book itself. There's mm -hmm. um the box that contains like the deck of cards and the coins and the tokens and all the other weird pieces that might come up in Yuzebas, and that's in our trinkets and tchotchkes box. And then there's a mm -hmm. ledger, which is the the printouts of all the materials you might need. So everything you need to play is in that box. Um, and it's been an intricate process to make something this. And there's a lot of like little surprises. Like if you have access to the PDF, I'm sure you've probably figured out by now that there are chap there there are parts of the book which have no page number, which are squeezed in amongst the other pages. Okay. So you might be flipping through a section and stumble upon a totally different thing going on that you had no idea was like in the book at all, but you like found it hidden away. Mm -hmm. um, and there's things like that kind of throughout the book, little surprises. Um, and there's, there's some other, there's some other hidden things as well, but I don't want to spoil it. Of um, course. Yeah. But there's things to explore and uncover, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. goes with kind of the, the, the whole vibe and the, the theme of the game. Um, one of the one of the big things we talked about is the idea that um, Yuzeba's Bed and Breakfast is the name of the book. It's the name mm -hmm. of the bed and breakfast. It's mm -hmm. both. It's the game and the book and the house. Mm -hmm. um, and so frequently there are these moments that kind of conflate those three things, right? Where you're putting mm -hmm. stickers, you know, you put a carrot in the pantry, right? Or um, like, and like the pantry is a spot in the book and the carrot is a sticker you put there. 
And mm -hmm. so you're engaging with the house physically. Like if your character was to go in the pantry, they'd probably find a carrot there. Um, but it's the book that is the, it's the book you're engaging with. And that's been really important to us. Amazing. I'm so excited to get the physical copies of these. So these are, um, if if you, you didn't back the Kickstarter and you're thinking this mm -hmm. already sounds incredible, um, I think you can pre-order it on your website now. Mm -hmm. Yes, right? absolutely yeah. correct. And before Christmas, the books are around, isn't it? Around November Oh, I time? hope so. I hope so. I'm That's so... The, the problem The problem is that, that before Christmas means that shipping is going to be about twice as expensive. Yeah. So we're right now, I'm literally like right before this, I came out of a meeting. And after this, mm -hmm. I'll probably have another meeting where we figure out whether or not we we can afford to do... If, if the cost and shipping is worth getting it to everyone by Christmas, but I would really sure. love to have it, have it out for people by then. Otherwise, you know, soon, very, you know, early, early 2024, right? Yeah. One way or the other, it'll get amazing. To okay. But mm -hmm. the PDFs are out now, so you can get the PDF mm -hmm. now and immediately mm -hmm. flip through. Yeah. And, you, and can get the, you can get the full digital edition. It's the PDF and the uh, virtual tabletop all bundled together. Yeah. Let's talk about the tabletop a bit. So one more multiverse. How did, how did that start? Mm. And, and, and what is it? So the game is, so Yuzema's Bed and Breakfast is really tactile, right? Like that's the thing you'll notice looking through the PDF, I'm sure. There are, there's a scavenger hunt. There's a mechanic that's based <laughs> around drawing pictures. There's another mechanic based on drawing pictures. There's, um, you know, doodling in the margins. There's all these things that uh, ask you to draw on the book or to flip the book. There's a, mm -hmm. a character who can return to the bed and breakfast when you press a wildflower amid the pages. So I felt I felt it was wrong, especially after three years of everyone playing online, right? Mm -hmm. Like we've all been COVID and we've all been dealing sure. with that and we've all been mm -hmm. kind of stuck playing online. Mm -hmm. um, it'd be wrong of me to release this game that depends so heavily on physical sensation. Uh, it'd be wrong of us to like put that out there as a, uh, as like just a PDF and just dump the PDF sure. there and be like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, hey, figure out how to play this online. So we managed, <laughs> yeah. we managed to get in contact with One More Multiverse, who is a up-and-comer in the virtual tabletop scene. But we, we chose them because they have um, a really kind of unique approach. Like they're really mm -hmm. coming, they're coming from a video game place, whereas all the other mm -hmm. virtual tabletops are coming from a, a tabletop space. Sure. So they're not thinking about how do we make the tabletop digital? They're thinking about how do we make the digital environment support the tabletop? which mm -hmm. is a, a perspective difference and means that, mm -hmm. you know, my, like, like it's, it's a totally different, it's, you know, it's a really unique way of playing and it really uh, adds a lot to the game and helps make it like an actual tactile experience digitally as well as physically. Amazing. Uh, so, and, and how do people get access to that? Is that, is the website the best place to go to get links to that? And to yeah, uh, website mm -hmm. works. You can also go to one more multiverse.itch.io. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's available there. Um, and yeah, and yeah, and it's, it's, a uh, it's really, and like through that, you also get the PDF, right? Like they come, they come together, they're, the, okay, they're right. bundled together. Uh, and they're, it's, it's a, it's a fantastic thing to get to play with. And it really, I think improves, uh, the, the digital experience of playing this kind of really, I think like interesting game, but also like one that most virtual tabletops are not well suited for. Definitely. I think it's so great that so much thought has gone into the digital play experience. Cause like you say, mm -hmm. the pandemic, so many people, play mm -hmm. online so many people feel like health issues it's so much easier to play online with their group of friends mm -hmm. or some people found their tribe online and their mm -hmm. friends live you know so far away uh so it's yeah. really great that there's that option as well yeah, absolutely. Um, 
digging into the game a little bit, talking about um, characters. So who are we going to be playing when we're yeah. when we're at the bed and breakfast? So the game is composed of residents and guests. Guests are mm-hmm. the kind of like uh, side characters who are just staying, you know, passing through, who hop mm-hmm. in and out of play. And residents are the main characters. And when you play, mm-hmm. you pick a resident to play as for that particular ch- chapter or session. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are six to start with a seventh to be quickly unlocked. Um, and they are an eclectic bunch of folks. You've got, you know, Gertrude, who's the teenage girl who ran away from home and is sleeping on top of the dryer. There's mm-hmm. Hey Kid, a demon child, Parrish, a talking frog who was once a knight but was cursed. There's oh, no. Sal who wants to uh, become a musician someday, but is right now working as the night porter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's Amelie, the robotic housekeeper, and of course, Yazeba herself, uh, the witch who sold her heart to create the bed and breakfast. Um, and so there's a lot of like different emotional ranges and like things to play with. And what's mm-hmm. great is it's like you play as Gertrude, for example, and you make a note or draw a picture or leave a mark on her character sheet. The next time someone else plays Gertrude, they're seeing that note. So there's okay. this sense of even if you only play my copy mm-hmm. of Yuseba's for a couple hours, you're mm-hmm. still getting to be part of this larger creative experience. And that was really critical to the whole process, making these characters who have a lot of growing that they can do in a lot of different directions. Amazing. And you talked a little bit about um, chapters uh, there. That, so that's kind of how the game mm-hmm. is structured. Um, yes. So all of the chapters are kind of like a scenario that will be mm-hmm. played as like your gaming session. Yeah. Um, could you talk us through kind of yeah. how, how the chapters works and, and how the game structured yeah. really? So the, the trick of Yuzebas is that the rules change uh, based on what chapter mm-hmm. you're playing. Okay. Um, and the rules are all pretty simple. Right? Each chapter is kind of like two pages or less of, you know, very, very limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's patterns that you get familiar with. So if you play them a little bit, you, you pretty quickly catch on like, oh, this is a frantic chapter. It does this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the chapter uh, tells you the rules of the game. And it calls mm-hmm. for some specific residents, but can also just have whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, you People pick their characters. That you play out the chapter. The chapter kind of creates the scenario. It varies dramatically, right? Maybe one chapter, you're making breakfast for the bed, you know, for the for the okay. whole hotel. Uh, maybe one chapter, uh, the power's gone out and you have to go in the basement to turn the lights back on. Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, you know, it's it's a vacation and you're all going to the beach. Um, so there's like many different chapters of, of varying moods and intensities. Um, and, you know, maybe you're like, you know, catching fireflies and contemplating what it means to grow up, right? There's kind of a lot of different spots to be in. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and, like, and so, and it, it takes like, you know, an hour, maybe an hour and a half to play a chapter. Um, and because it's these specific characters in the specific setting, the rules can get really involved, right? Like the rules mm-hmm. can really like, you know, like maybe there's a chapter where one specific character becomes like the antagonist for everyone else, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, in one of my favorite chapters, uh, a birthday for Gertrude, it's, mm-hmm. Uh, Gertrude's birthday. It's September 15th, of course, which is Gertrude's yeah. birthday. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's always September 15th, but today is Gertrude's birthday. Okay. Um, and so everyone else is setting up a surprise party. And Gertrude is trying to figure out where the surprise party is. So it's kind of PvP okay. in that way, where Gertrude is like mm-hmm. going around asking people questions, causing problems, trying to solve this mystery, while everyone else is trying to like avoid tipping her off and getting their stuff done without her figuring sure, out what's happening. Sure, 
Uh, and so things like that, where there's like, um, there's a lot of different playful things based mm -hmm. on which specific character kind of gets, gets the spotlight. It does. The whole thing does feel very playful and whimsical, like you mm -hmm. say, and just like the scenarios mm -hmm. and the stories that you just mentioned, mm -hmm. the, the things you're going to be exploring in the chapters mm -hmm. feels so refreshing in a role-playing game for me. Cause so often you have like things that can be really dark or really angsty or really tense mm -hmm. or things and this, and I'm sure you can, you can go there emotionally within this game, but also mm -hmm. at the same point, it's like, like you say, we're, we're watching fireflies and thinking about growing up in life and just, mm -hmm. I, I love the the tone and, and the whole yeah. vibe of this thing. It was lovely yeah. to see. And it, it's it's a game. I think games are like part of what makes I think Yuzeba's, you know, certainly a lot of fun to design, but also a lot of fun to play, is it's mm -hmm. it's low stakes. It's goofy. It's it's silly, right? There's a playground feeling to it. There's a, mm -hmm. you know, like it's okay for different people to play the same character because you're not gonna like come back and find out that your favorite character died. That's not gonna happen, right? You're gonna like, you know, God forbid, right? Like, it's like really what weird. Um, but like, you know, you're you're you know, you can like, you can kind of play with the mood in a bunch of different ways and kind of be all over the place and goof around in a way that I think a lot of people like. It, it feels good to have a game that I can teach you the rules in you know like 10, 20 minutes. Like you know, mm -hmm. like we'll, we'll be ready to play in like 10, 20 minutes. Um, and then we play for like an hour and if we want, we can keep, we can play another chapter, but like, mm -hmm. that's, you know, but like, but you're not sitting there being like, oh, wow, my experience, you know, like, oh, you know, like in a one shot where it's like, you make a character, you invest in them and then they're gone forever. Yeah. It's like, you make a character, you, 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 you pick a character, you play into them, you feed into them and you know that you've contributed to something that will go beyond you. Um, speaking about like the, the contributions of the characters, uh, can we talk about kind of like journey tracks and like shells yeah. and mementos and kind of how mm -hmm. that character development yeah. works mechanically in the game. So at the end of each chapter, um, there's something called housekeeping where mm -hmm. we, we, you know, look at every character's journey, which is their um, record of like what their, what kind of goal they're working on right now. It's mm -hmm. like Sal might be like trying to put together some songs that people really like, or like Hey Kid might be growing up or Parrish might be like realizing he's getting older. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you look at the, you look at the, the journey and you, you know, you check off the stuff you did, you feed into it. Um, mm -hmm. and then every chapter gives you a little sticker, a little memento that sticker. you put onto a little, like a little physical sticker. We're going to print it out. These two so little things. Like, so whimsical and fun about actually having a sticker. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. And you get to like <laughs> stick it into the book. Like you, you flip mm -hmm. to the page where it's like, okay, we're going to put it in, mm -hmm. you know, uh, put it in the pantry, you know, and then we can, we stick it there. We put it in, you know, in Hey Kids nightstand. We stick it there. And as you do that, you unlock new guests, new chapters, and the story of the game grows. So the book is big, right? The book is chonky. It's like 500 mm -hmm. pages. But a lot of that is is gated. It's to be explored later as you dig mm -hmm. deeper. Um, and so it's effectively like a, a campaign in a book that doesn't require the GM to be like a master planner. You're just all sitting around and goofing off mm -hmm. and eventually digging deeper and deeper into the book. Exciting. Um, so there's a few other that like you mentioned. Each chapter has kind of different rules that, again, mm -hmm. not going to be really complex, and we're not going to have to sit mm -hmm. there and have a study mm -hmm. session. Um, mm -hmm. But consistently, a lot of them I just do have like tracks, lists, bingos, mm -hmm. and whoopsies. Uh, yes. Could you talk us through those? Because and also, uh, as I so, mentioned before, bingos yeah. and whoopsies terms. Mm -hmm. Perfect choice of words, love it. So, so the trick of using is the way the whole like the rules change every chapter thing mm -hmm. works 
is mm -hmm. um, your character has a list of bingos and a list of whoopsies. And mm -hmm. bingos are moments of personal strength, right? So maybe for Gertrude, the, the girl who's sleeping in the laundry room, um, a bingo for her is to show off a cool skill that no one knew she had, right? Mm -hmm. um, or maybe a bingo is to, like give a kind compliment, right? Those are like moments when she shines. And then whoopsies are moments when she messes up, moments when um, she flubs, moments when she she's weak. Um, yeah. And that might be uh, like she might assume the worst about what's going on or she might keep a secret that she shouldn't keep, right? Those are mm -hmm. things that she does that are antisocial. Sure. Um, and uh, those are just those are just like little bits of things that are on every character sheet. And then the chapter tells you what they mean mechanically. So okay. in one chapter, maybe it's you get a token whenever you do a whoopsie and you spend that token to do a bingo. Maybe in another okay. chapter, you can do your bingos whoopsies freely, but there's a deck of playing cards that you're looking through and bingos let you find black cards and whoopsies mm -hmm. let you find red cards. Um, maybe, you know, there's one where it's like, there are questions that have tokens on them and mm -hmm. a bingo lets you take a token and hold on to it because you learned a lesson. And a whoopsie lets you take the token and give it to someone else who you taught a lesson through your mistake. Mm -hmm. um, these kinds of, the, the rules of the game shift based mm -hmm. on, but the, 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 the narrative of the game remains stable, right? Gertrude has these bingos and whoopsies, yeah. but the chapter tells you what to do with them. Yeah. Um, and it creates a really kind of fluid feeling where it's like, mm -hmm your character is the same through all these many different circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I, I love this as a thing. Cause like you say, the bingos and whoopsies are very much like guiding you into role play. Like this is kind of what the person's like, and this is the kind mm -hmm. of things, you know, you mm -hmm. want to happen, but then the mechanics interacting differently with how you role play makes the chapters have a totally different vibe and, and different things. So I think I was really mm -hmm. excited uh, to kind of, yeah. to kind of see that um and it's it's i think it's interesting because it it we so often we talk about game design we talk about game mechanics yeah um and we're so fixated on like oh the rules of the game are yeah. the core mm -hmm. um and you say it's been breakfast i think um we like to joke there's you know I've, i'm sure you've heard this about you know people saying this about about various non-dungeons and dragons rpgs people love mm -hmm. to be like uh i could just play this in D D. Uh, yes. We like to joke that Yazeba's Bed and Breakfast is the only game that uh, you can't say that about, but you could say the opposite, right? Like, right. there's uh, why why don't I just play D and like why don't you know? Uh, which is not true. You should you wouldn't have a there is the show is called is not D and D, so yes. I'm very humble. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and there is a there is a secret chapter that we put in mostly as a joke. That's um, okay. Uh, if if you can find it. Uh, hidden in the book, there is uh, an OSR style chapter based on <laughs> uh, Gertrude's favorite pulpy fantasy novel. Uh, oh, that's great. And so you can hunt through the book and find that and and see, uh, you know, get get what Yazeba's take on D&D &D would be. That's, I love that. Well, I was going to say, my next question was going to be, so what kind of guidance do you give to people that may be coming from like playing D and D, or you know that they're used to playing kind of D twenty games. Um, mm -hmm. Apart from obviously finding that Easter egg game, that's you know, <laughs> what, <laughs> what guidance would you give them if they were like, I want to sit down and I want to try this for something something different? Mm -hmm. Um, truly, this is a game that I think can it can feel a little daunting when you look at it. Right, you see it, you open the five hundred page PDF, um, and there's a sense of like, oh lord, I'm supposed to know all that because in D and D. Mm -hmm 
you're not supposed to run the game until you know all that, right? In most games, you're not supposed to run mm -hmm. the game until you've read the whole book. That's sure. not true with Yosebas. With Yosebas, we're thinking about um, how, almost like, how do we overwhelm people so they stop feeling like they have to know everything going in? Because you mm -hmm. can't, there's no way. There's no physical way to know even half of everything going on in the book before you go in. So okay. don't, don't try to know. Just pick a thing and do mm -hmm. it and goof around. Uh, mm -hmm. And that will, I think, be a thousand times more illuminating and exciting than, and like, look, here's the thing, is it's a game. It's not a serious, deadly venture. You can cheat, <laughs> you can mess up, you can break the rules. It doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's part of play is, is, is trying mm -hmm. it out at your table and seeing what happens, right? So the the game just wants you to sit down with it. Don't um don't feel like you have to to conquest the game before you can play it. Just you know see what happens. Fantastic. Yeah, someone was mentioning they're going to Gen Con, so going to convention and are looking to kind of try this out. And by the, yeah. the the style of it and like the length of time, it seems great for a convention to kind of sit down oh, and yeah. and just just give it a go. It was um, uh, last last year at Gen Con. We were running um, games of Yosebas and games of Wanderhome table, like oh, yeah. across from each other, basically in the same room. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so funny because uh, the Wanderhome games, it's like a really slow kind of tranquil experience. And so, yes. like, they're three hours in, and they're just warming up. They're getting into it. Yosebas, it's like, oh, we've already done like two chapters. Do we want to like keep? We just do more things. Like, we just keep like who you know who gives it? Let's just keep goofing off. Um, and mm -hmm. it's such a it's such a fantastic. We, uh, Em and I both mm -hmm. worked at um, a children's LARP camp, which I talked about last episode, last mm -hmm. time I was on here, I think. Um, mm -hmm. And we didn't explicitly write the game for this, but it is a really good game if you've got a bunch of kids and 45 minutes to kill, you know? <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's a really mm -hmm, good point. Mm -hmm. So what so, with, with playtesting, how did, what sort of themes came out or how, what sort of changes happened when oh. you were playtesting with all, because there's so many different chapters, like you say, you've got different rules. So that must have been a really mm -hmm. big journey. It was a lot of playtesting. I think I mm -hmm. think we've been pretty much constantly playtesting for three years. Um, okay. From, you know, like the first concept, we have the first thing on the page to like we're doing mm -hmm. intensive sessions with, uh, mm -hmm. the Patreon community and really trying stuff out. Mm -hmm. um, I think my favorite process of that is, I mentioned earlier, I have this ledger, which is this this purple binder. It's my mm -hmm. copy of Yosebas. And it is nice. print a printouts of the whole game. Uh, and it's this big chonky thing because it was also mm -hmm. like printed out in like 2020. So like a lot of it's like out of date and like has like little notes in the margins. Okay, um, great. And um, we were, I was running it in, in Oct like many Octobers ago now. And um, Sal, the aspiring musician, it's Gertrude's birthday. Sal mm -hmm. is feeling a bit bummed out. He, he didn't really give a good gift. He's kind of had a rough day. He's just kind of like sitting around moping. And mm -hmm. Monday, the fairy dream merchant comes up to Sal and mm -hmm. says, hey, you seem sad. Maybe I can help you. Do you want fame and fortune? Is that what you're craving? Because I can make you famous. It's just a small payment. I just need your heart. And Sal says yes. And so okay. he signs the heartless contract, which is a part of the book. And yeah. he sells his heart to Monday. And now he's heartless Sal. And his his whole deal has changed. He's a rock star now. You know, he's not the night porter mm. anymore. He's when he's not in a chapter, he's traveling the world. He's a jerk now. He doesn't have a heart. He, you know, uh, he he goes to order coffee 
and he gets to order the special coffee that's his name brand deal with the company, you know? Uh, he mm -hmm. orders the handsome Sal at the at the coffee shop when when they're playing the coffee shop chapter. And for yeah. a year, he's just this jerk. We're, we're we're working on him, but you know, it takes a lot of progress to kind of help him grow. There's a lot of yeah. chapters where it's like he's not really looking to to get better. Finally, we unlock the tangled path to Monday's house, and we go into the forbidden envelope and we pull out Monday's game. And this happens at Big Bad Con. So I'm at a convention mm -hmm. right now, and I okay. sit down with some friends. And we play Monday's game, where Yazeba and Sal and some others go to go to the Dream Merchant's house and demand Sal's heart back. And they lose. They fail. And they okay. get tossed aside. And then later that con, another group of people, right? A total group of strangers. This is one of the one-shots I was running for the convention, mm -hmm. right? Like, this is, no, I've never met any of these people before. They are just sitting down with me. They do it. They go back to Monday's house a second time. And I'm like, hey guys, just so you know, like this is the stakes of this, right? Like this is not a like this is not necessarily like a good one-shot chapter. Like this is kind of mm -hmm. an intense emotion. Like we're in it. And one of them is playing Sal's ex. And Sal's ex goes right. <laughs> goes for Sal's heart. And Monday mm -hmm. says, Monday looks at her and says, um, oh, don't take that. I can, I can, I know his heart. I know he still loves you. I can bring the two, and I can can tell you still love him, or else you wouldn't be here. I can bring the two of you back together again if you just, you know, give up, stay with me, and I will make the two of you love each other just like it was before. And Sal's ex goes, I don't want what we had before. I want something new. And realizes that Monday is not as strong as they seem to be and swipes mm -hmm. the heart off the mantelpiece and kicks Monday in the shins. And <laughs> the fairy dream merchant who, due to the rules of the game, just couldn't, couldn't stop that, uh, is defeated. And they defeat Monday and they, they rescue Sal's heart. And, and he goes back. He's like, I want to be a rock star again, but I want to do it the hard way. Um, and it's incredible. And like things like that, that just kind of emerge from me bringing the game around to different groups of people, this kind of long story that I'm the only mm -hmm. one who saw the beginning, middle, and end of. But mm -hmm. literally, I think 50 or 100 people at various points put their hands on these characters and left a mark that got yeah. us to that point where a group of strangers are making this call. And that's kind of the sort of thing that's really been interesting about the playtests, is getting yeah. to see this all play out. And now you have this physical book, this tome that has, like you say, notes and sketches mm -hmm. and stickers and things that mm -hmm. has this whole journey that loads of people that touched mm -hmm. on and i guess for people that buy this game that's what they'll have yeah. us with the book as well yeah so it's, it's a it's a treasure it's like um mm -hmm. i think there's a there's a culture of of purity and and stainlessness in games and mm -hmm. we're aware of that we've yeah. created tools for people if, if you if you're the kind of person who wants a, a perfect copy of the book you can have that and you can still play the game there's okay. a ledger there's you know we've, mm -hmm. we've thought about making sure that you know you're not just you know destroying a book but um, <laughs> there's a culture of purity and there's a, there's a yeah. fixation on, on objects being perfect, that everything yeah. has to be mint condition, that you have to be able to sell mm -hmm. it someday for hundreds of dollars. But mm -hmm. the things in life that I care the most about aren't perfect. They're my Magic the Gathering deck from when I was 13, where I just played yeah. on asphalt and every single card is torn yeah, to bits. Yeah. They're, you know, like pots that have the stains on the bottom from when a friend of or, mine threw a burnt index card in and now or, it's or a terrifying marked. stuffed toy that is no yes. longer well. <laughs> yes, wow, look at that thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that like, and thing I think is that, great. It was once a horse yeah. anyway. Oh my God, I, I, I think I can tell. 
Um, and so that's <laughs> the thing, right? It's like, is like, what if a game, like, like a a home is not a home until it's well lived in, right? Like any yes. any like what makes a house a home is to live mm-hmm. in. Yeah. Um, and what makes a game a bed and breakfast a home, right? Like if we're gonna talk about how the game is the bed and breakfast is the book. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to live in all of them, right? You need to be able to break in all of them, kind of turn it into your your treasure, your personal thing. And part of the magic of Yazebas is that if I go to a friend who's running the game and I sit down at their mm-hmm. table, they're going to have versions of the characters that are different than the ones I have at home. They're going to have yeah. stories that they can tell that would have never occurred to me. And so I get to see this, these characters who I love, who I, I've spent a lot of time with now, I get to see them change and change and change. And I get to see, you know, all of them go through all of these different arcs until they're all very different people. And it feels really one of a kind. It's really kind of a, a like, it's, it's a magical thing to be able to be like, this is, you know, like to know these characters, but also see the stories that have been told. I mean, that sounds so so magical and so fun and i love the idea of i'm so excited to get uh, my physical copy because i love the idea of having this tome like you say this treasure that i carry around with me mm-hmm. and introduce to different people uh, to let them mm-hmm. be part of this bigger story mm-hmm. um and that feeds in really well to the whole concept of the game which is like you say found family and this collection of of people that make the house of home that sounds cheesy when i said it but yeah i mean that's you know this game can be a little cheesy sometimes that's part of the fun you know yeah allow yourself uh, to feel that way i guess yeah we joke it's a it's it's a bit of a like a mid-century children's novel it's a bit of a you know a a a cartoon that maybe you know was airing and you you missed half the episodes and you caught them out of order it's Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a bit of that like childhood nostalgia for a thing that you can't quite place clearly anymore right that like the, the chapters in the book are out of order, right? They start with chapter five and then it's chapter three. And chapter mm. two isn't until halfway in the book. And the reason for that is both so that people know that they can play it in whatever order they want and the order doesn't matter and the chapter numbers okay. are just kind of for fun. But also to capture the feeling that the chapters are not, that the story being presented in the order that it is in the book is not the only way it can be told, right? If I showed mm-hmm. you a chapter and then another chapter and the third chapter, maybe you'd assume that they're connected when in fact mm-hmm. they are, they're jumbled and shuffled and you're a kid, you know, you, you're a kid who's found one copy of one of the books of book, you know, book five in the, in yeah. the library and you read it and you found book three in the library and read it and you can't find book two anywhere until you're an adult and you find book two, right? So it's that feeling of, of nostalgia for a thing that is is jumbled and out of like you you're you're having a piece together that's so beautiful i love that um we're coming up near to the end of our time i'm very aware you're in and out mm-hmm. of meetings getting this book made in a physical reality mm-hmm. uh, so jay is there uh any anything i haven't asked you or any other things you want to kind of share uh, about the game uh before um, we kind of wrap up come and come and play uh check out yeah. the creekside community center is our patreon mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you can find it on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really amazing space. Uh, there's a ton of great designers in there. There's games of Yazebas firing kind of like all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really like for ten dollars a year or for a dollar a month, you can like you get access to this fantastic community. And I really mm-hmm. recommend you you come and you try out the game. It literally takes an hour, right? Sit down. I'll mm-hmm. I'll run it for you in an hour. That's we could we could play we could play. Four games of Yazebas in the time it takes to do a D&D one shot, right? Give it a try. Mm-hmm. 
That sounds great. Uh, so if you head over to the website, you can see the links for the Patreon account there. Um, and if you're listening to the podcast, that'll be in the show notes there. Um, Jay, before we go, I do ask everyone for any recommendations for other games, uh, any indie tabletop RPGs that, and the rules are, it can't be Dungeons and Dragons and it can't be a game that, that you've created. No, of course. Um, right now, <laughs> I think um, my favorite game, and I'm almost a little worried I recommended this last time because I love it so much, but uh, mm-hmm. Under Hollow Hills by Vincent Neg Baker is, I think, mm-hmm. what my favorite game right now. Uh, it has been for years, frankly. Uh, and if you're looking for a game, I'd really recommend that one. Um, it's a, it's about a fairy circus that travels beneath the Hollow Hills um, mm-hmm. and has just some of the most beautiful, whimsical, delightful mechanics I've ever encountered. Um, and I'd also really quickly recommend, oh, goodness, uh, Apocalypse Keys by my friend and collaborator Ray Najati. Apocalypse mm-hmm. Keys is uh, inspired by Hellboy. It's a, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're a group of monsters fighting to save the world. Uh, and it's feelings filled and really dramatic and has a really great take on Powered by the Apocalypse that I think, like, if you're like, oh, yeah, I know, I know PBTA, I know how this stuff works, it mm-hmm. totally flips a lot of it on the head in a way that's, like, okay. absolutely fantastic. That's great. Thank you for those recommendations. Maybe people yeah. are have to ask to come on the show to talk about those games mm-hmm. in a bit more detail. I recommend it, yeah. Fantastic. Um, well, that's going to be us wrapping up. Thank you so much to everyone that came along to listen live or listen to the podcast. We will be back next week uh, with more indie games to kind of recommend to you. Jay, thank you so much for your time and coming on and sharing your games with us again. Um, thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. I hope in a year's time you are back with another game to share with us, maybe. So uh, Absolutely. I hope so. <laughs> okay, that's great. Well, thank you very much. And that's all for this week. Bye. All right, take care.